0: Hello everyone and welcome to the WRA interview for 2021. My name is Sandal Sanmagam and I'm the Portfolio Director for Europe for the World Refining Association. Today I have with me John Cooper, who is the Director General of both Fuels Europe and Konkawe, which represents the refining industry in Brussels at a policy and technology level. Uh, To give you a bit more information about John, uh, John was appointed Director General of Fuels Europe and Konkawe in April 2015. He started his career in the motor industry working on future powertrains and after three years moved to bp downstream where he spent 27 years john is a chartered engineer and a fellow of the institution of mechanical engineers so welcome john how are you doing hi sandil uh good thanks we're keeping pretty busy right now excellent there were some exciting announcements from the us this week as with uh, president biden what are your thoughts on this well
1: obviously in Europe European refiners live in a world of strong policies in a number of different areas Uh, it's actually interesting to see another major part of the world starting to align and in some ways that could make life easier interesting
0: yeah exactly it would be good to see how this develops in the coming months Um, well obviously that was that was some breaking news for us but uh, in this interview I wanted to delve in more into Fuels Europe and Concarway's initiatives Uh, in representing the refining industry and elaborate more on how we had our advisory board last month. Um, So from my side, I would like to understand that. How are conversations developing with the commission, especially after the refining forum you guys had uh, in Brussels in February?
1: Well, things are very busy with the commission. They have a number of different files open for revision and there's consultations and meetings around several of those subjects. That includes ETS and the proposals for a carbon border adjustment mechanism, the revision of the RED to increase targets for 2030, similarly for vehicle CO2, the methodology and the targets going on there. And then there's been announcements over a proposed alliance for low carbon and renewable fuels, uh, which we very much welcome. Uh, There's also initiatives proposed for aviation, the Refuel EU Aviation, and fuel maritime initiatives again we welcome those we're part of the discussions about how we can be involved there and uh, embracing all of that we're developing our own narrative and discussions with the commission about a strategy for liquid fuels overall so things are going very busy uh,
0: yes very well
1: Uh, (laughs) complex Uh, lots of different areas being worked on at the same time
0: yeah well, actually, one thing you mentioned there was about CBAM, and I just wondered what your thoughts are on the future of that. Well, we've always
1: said that the level playing field for carbon pricing is essential. And one of the downsides of the ETS approach has always been that it's asymmetric in the way that it's applied to European production, but not to imported production. Actually, the ideal would be that there's a carbon market that's equivalent in the other countries outside of Europe as well. But if that's not the case, it means that your backstop is a carbon border measure. So it's regrettable that it's necessary, but we see there's there's value in the concept, but it's a really complicated thing to make work right. Uh, Complicated both in terms of the technical aspects, but also the geopolitics. And you can see that playing out. Certainly, you mentioned earlier the announcements from the U.S. yesterday. It's interesting that they also see that potentially on the agenda, although they're also uncomfortable about developments in the EU. It just illustrates how difficult the subject is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, another issue that came up from our board meeting, which made me quite interested, was the European Union is discussing the uh, the definition of sustainable financing. How is it, How is it affecting us in Europe?
1: well it's still a developing subject and it's not completely done uh, we've identified in our own strategy a lot of things that our industry can do and in many cases that means incremental but significant changes in the carbon intensity of the products that we make sustainable finance currently has a strong preference for single binary steps you know something's either green and sustainable or it's not whereas industry, most industries will be making incremental steps for some time to come. So we're still uncomfortable on some aspects of it. We see some progress on treatment of biogenic uh, combustion, for example. Um, What we really want to see in the end is the strategy that we've described, Mm -hmm. investment in many different technologies for low carbon and renewable fuels, that all of those are included in the definition of what is a sustainable investment and therefore it could qualify for sustainable finance the reflecting also how these companies appear in investment criteria for example
0: yeah this is extremely important going forward and and for us um uh, at ERTC, like the, the event in November, it's clear that the main theme is how refineries are going to main, remain competitive and sustainable financing is one. Yeah. Um, but also from the board meeting, it was clear um, that rather than focusing on 2050, we really should be discussing uh, between now and 2030 instead. So I was just wondering what are, uh, fuels Europe's and uh, Konkawi's views on, on this and how we can convince society that refining has a place in the transition.
1: Well, yeah, that's, I mean, look, this is an interesting conversation. The commission clearly have worked from what we need to achieve by 2050, describing what success looks like in their own um, thinking, their own words, and to some degree have worked back from that as to what's needed to get there. And that's an important way of making ambitious strategies. But business always has to think the other way, which is, what's Mm. my next step and does it help me keep competitive? Because you have to make an investment that costs you money today or requires a large loan or commitment today. And then you have to operate it next year and the year after and the year after. And so each incremental step has to make sense and you have to be competitive through that. And it's clear that there are difficulties going ahead for uh, refiners generally. Yeah, COVID-19 has been a really significant hit to demand. Yeah. To a different degree in different countries, but almost universally across Europe aviation has had a massive hit with jet fuel demand down over 90% and probably quite a long time before that recovers as well. And so the demand in the market is significantly lower than, you know, recent history we should be clear as well I and mean, we've explained to our members that the strategy of the european commission it is to reduce the, the need for petroleum fuels dramatically over the next 30 years and that's embodied in vehicle co2 regulation in particular not only for cars but for light duty commercial and heavy duty commercial as well And now going into targets and objectives for aviation and maritime, it will have a very significant effect. Whereas this industry in the past has thought a 5% drop in demand is a really big deal and really, really difficult to cope with. By 2050, the commission is aiming for more like a 95% reduction in demand compared with 2019 numbers. And we as an industry all have to come to terms with that, what that means in many different ways.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned uh, vehicle emissions and looking at that. Um, it would be great to hear your thoughts on the potential end of the internal combustion engine. Uh, in the UK, it appears pretty much done. It's set to happen. But how is it looking on the continent?
1: It's still controversial in uh, on the continent. One thing is clear is that there's a consensus that electrified light transport will become the major technology as we get towards the mid-century. The real question is what measures you take to get there, whether the strength of the technology is enough to compete and win in many of those cases, or whether it needs what we would describe as a heavy-handed regulatory push to ban the internal combustion engine. If we take the principle of what the Commission is trying to achieve, that is the reduction of GHG emissions from transport, we point out that actually replacing the fuel with a renewable fuel also achieves the same objective mm-hmm. and in some cases could be a very attractive alternative to an electrified vehicle it allows you to use an existing vehicle or a vehicle with an internal combustion engine that has got longer range more flexibility etc gives customers more choice and it also gives investors a, a wider range of uh, investments to to, um, to, to consider beyond simply those applying to electric vehicles. So our view is it's not technology neutral to ban the internal combustion engine. Yeah. And that instead we should have a strategy for supporting renewable liquid fuels. And one of the examples we give there is we say, if you if you have a house or a business today and you want to use only renewable electricity, you can do that by making a contract with your electricity supplier. The electricity supplier doesn't run a new cable to your house. They use the existing cable. It's done by mass balancing accounting, which can be done completely robustly and accurately. And we believe the same can be done with renewable fuels for vehicle users as well. And that could allow an internal combustion engine to be climate neutral and quite soon as well. And we think if that kind of arrangement is made, it would be a real boost to the investability of the sector and actually help to get Europe to its objectives for renewable fuels for aviation and maritime later as well.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. alternative fuel production was a huge part of um, that board meeting. And I think it will yeah. be a big part in November as well. Um, there's some specific policy relating to biofuels specifically is like with the revision of Red 2 this summer, Could we expect some uh, policy changes um, which could affect our long term strategy within that broad umbrella of alternative fuels?
1: Well, we don't know exactly what the Commission will decide. But what's clear is that the trajectory will go up and the expectation uh, for 2030 is that it will be significantly higher than the 14 percent that's been set so far. beyond that it's difficult to know there are so many moving parts of the red we know that there's likely to remain some links to aviation and maritime in there and also to have electricity count as one of the ways to quali- to qualify or to, uh, to uh, meet the requirements of the red at, at uh, a, a fuel supplier level and we also expect the broad format to stay the same for this to be a requirement on fuel suppliers to meet a certain levels of re- level of renewable in the fuels that they supply. So it's actually an obligation on the fuel supplier, but also on the country to implement the regulation to require that. One, of the, issue, one of the issues with the red that we see is quite a big variation from one country to another as to how it's implemented. And that prevents cross-border trading of Um, certificates uh, or compliance and we think more of a single market would help in that regard Uh, but we'll see it's it's combination of what the commission proposes and what member states will agree to in the end it's that torturous European (laughs) process of agreeing it between commission parliament and council
0: yeah i'm I'm not envious of your role that's <laughs> um finally um I mean it'd be wrong of me not to b- bring in the hydrogen discussion. I mean Europe is taking it extremely seriously and it's viewed as not the silver bullet but one of the many bullets to decarbonize multiple uh, industries including transportation um how how is it affecting you guys uh, fuels europe?
1: Good question. And actually a few parts to the answer, if I may. I mean, first of all, obviously the refining industry understands hydrogen very well. It's been a very significant part of uh, refining for decades now. And a lot of expertise exists in the industry, in refining companies, but also in the technology and engineering companies that they work with. And so we understand very well uh, hydrogen as a technology. Um, And can we say as well it's an important part of europe's energy strategy for good reasons hydrogen can play a role in terms of uh, the power electricity strategy providing means to uh, store uh, electricity uh, to manage the variability of renewables and it's also an important industrial fuel for the future as well it's clear in many industries that electric heating for example cannot achieve the necessary temperatures for some industrial processes whereas hydrogen can hydrogen can play at least a partial role and in some cases a complete role replacing ultimately replacing natural gas of course we need the hydrogen generation and there there's some controversy and disagreement in europe as to whether only electricity so only hydrogen produced from renewable electricity via electrolysis should be recognized as renewable. That will be called green mm-hmm. hydrogen yep. or a hydrogen produced through a steam methane reformer, which of course, typical technology in refining mm-hmm. using CCS uh, to produce something that is now known as blue hydrogen, whether that should be recognized as well. We, have the view that both should be recognised. It's clear that green hydrogen will be more expensive than blue for some time to come. The end result for the climate is the same. And we think actually limiting recognition to only green hydrogen is going to limit the scope and the volumes available for some time to come. Um, Hydrogen also has a role clearly as a transport fuel in its own right and we recognize that that will work in some cases but we also know hydrogen to be somewhat tricky fuel to manage it requires storage under very high pressure it needs very specialized materials to keep it safe and reliable under under all conditions and so therefore requires a very high level of safety and maintenance and that could work in more industrial applications in retail applications it will need work to make it you know i mean it's clearly working in in many uh places already but um i think there's not really a consensus that it works at retail level across our member companies there are differing views there
0: yeah that, that uh, seems to be okay sorry continue sorry
1: well uh yeah uh no I, I, i'm done
0: <laughs> no no brilliant no because i was just going to say that retail and getting this hydrogen economy off from from uh the beginning to the end of the chain is, is seems like the big issue it's not it's not fully completed yet
1: yeah um, I, I it's clear that there's a lot of industrial interest around hydrogen uh in in the industry we do need some clarification clarification for just what are the policies that make it work the ets price here we didn't really talk about ets so far ETS price has come up quite dramatically over the last year from 25 to 40, 45 euros. It's still not in the territory that makes CCS or green or blue hydrogen attractive as an industrial solution. And it'll require further help. Um, There's a lot of potential for hydrogen in industry. And there's a lot of discussions around funding for hydrogen projects. If you look at our website, you'll see actually that across the different technologies we've been talking about uh, today, there's already over 30 projects from our member companies being announced. Those include Mm. CCS and hydrogen and advanced biofuels and also e-fuels projects. In many cases, there are clear intents to develop these uh, uh, projects, but there's also a need to develop the supporting policies to make them work. Some of these projects will likely count or qualify for some European uh, recovery funding or other other, um, innovation funding, for example, from the European uh, Commission and European institutions. But in other cases, there was work to be done to define the policy set that makes those uh, projects work.
0: Fantastic. Um, well, actually, looking at my uh, range of questions here, I think that might be uh, me all done. But do you is there any other issues that you would like to raise?
1: No, I think we've covered a lot of ground. As you see, there's a huge amount going on. Um, the, the refining industry needs to have this ongoing, uh, deeply informed dialogue with the European Commission and institutions. Uh, you, we have to respect the very strong objectives that Europe has, for industry, for climate, et cetera. Uh, and it's a, it's a really a, an enormous challenge for everybody involved. And the only way this is gonna work is to have a, an ongoing, very effective dialogue. Uh, and actually this conference helps in that regard. It also helps uh, Fuels Europe and Concar. We develop their relationship and understanding with the broader community around refining and the engineering and, and technology providers around that. So, thanks for the opportunity to uh, have the conversation and looking forward to uh, your event.
0: In, in Madrid, in yeah. Yeah, I, well, I look forward to all the vaccinations, seeing you in Madrid, and uh, yeah, much appreciated. Take care. It's great. Thanks.